we are reminded that Jesus Christ is the light of the world. We're to let his light shine in us that we might share that light with the whole world. Welcome to First Baptist Church. We are the Smith family, Cooper, Cullen, Marianne, and Kobe. We are so glad to have you in worship with us today. Please sign the attendance book as it is passed. Today is the second Sunday of Missions Month. Our service today will include a sermon by our pulpit guest, Julie Long. Information about Reverend Long is available in your worship bulletin. We are also honoring the Martha Stearns Marshall Month of preaching, which gives support to women in ministry. Let us join together in prayer. Let us pray. Loving God, we come to you in humble faith, reminded of your greatness and power. Yet your mercy and grace to us is beyond measure. May we live our lives guided by the Bible and the example of Jesus Christ. In his name we pray. Amen. Now let us use the music of the prelude to prepare ourselves for worship. Please join me in the call to worship. We have gathered this morning to worship the Almighty God, the King of the ages, the ancient days, the immortal, invisible Father of light. To this God, we bring thanksgiving and honor. To this God, we raise our voices and
Thank you, Glenn. Now I invite the children to come forward for the children's sermon. Good morning. How are y'all doing today? Hey. So, I have three blankets. They wouldn't fit in the sack. This is, these are all blankets from my house. This is a smaller one. It's very pretty. Got designs on it. Uh, has the word love on it. I won't unfold it, but it's a big one. It's, a, it's comfortable. Tell me how that one feels. that feel good? Pretty good? Okay. This one is bigger. It's got a pattern on it. It's really fuzzy. It feels really, really good. Isn't that good? Now here's probably our favorite one. Natalie loves this one. She curls up. This and this fuzzy. It's even fuzzier, isn't it? Yeah. So what could you do with a blanket? Well, sleep. Sleep. There you go. Especially when it's cold, because it's been cold lately, hasn't it? It's been nice to have a blanket to help you keep you warm. And if you knew somebody who didn't have a blanket, you could share it with them. Because there are a lot of people in Carrollton who don't have enough stuff to be warm when they sleep. So our church and others work to give blankets to people. That's a nice thing to do, it's missions. There's a story in the Bible where this man was sick and there were some friends of his and they said, he's too heavy to carry by ourselves. So they put him on the blanket and they all grabbed the edge of the blanket and lifted him up on the blanket and carried him to Jesus. I love that story. It's a great use of a blanket, isn't it? So we're thinking about missions Missions is about telling people about God. It's also about showing people about God, right? And showing people you love them. And one way to do that would be to share a blanket with somebody who's cold. Okay, let's pray together. Thank you, Lord, for this missions uh, month, the things that we get to think about and do this month, but especially all, really all year round, to tell people about God and to show people the love of God. Thank you. Amen. Please join me in the litany. Gracious Heavenly Father, please forgive us when we are paralyzed by our fears and lack of commitment. Give us well wisdom to discover you and the intelligence to search on you. The diligence to seek after you and the patience to wait for you. As we hold you in our heart to meditate upon you. Give us the courage to proclaim the gospel through word and deed. So that our faith becomes actions in this world. I'm Jody Long, and I'm the executive coordinator of the Cooperative Baptist Fellowship of Georgia, your state missions partner. And I'm grateful to be back with you again here in Carrollton. I'm grateful for the ways that this good church is living out God's calling both in Carrollton and in our state and even beyond in our world. I'm grateful for the ways that you give your time, your talents, and your resources to do God's work in all these places. I want to tell you there are two things coming up where we need your help. Number one... Uh, in just over a month, First Baptist Church of Carrollton will be hosting March Mission Madness for us at CBF of Georgia. March Mission Madness is a missions weekend where students and chaperones and leaders will come from all over our state, uh, and they go to two different cities in our state to do missions, to have time of fellowship, a time of times of worship. And First Baptist is hosting one of those. So on the weekend of March 20th through the 22nd, you will find there will be some students walking around here, especially on Sunday morning, you may not know. If you come to the 8.30 service, you'll see some of those students here in this very place from churches around our state. And where we need your help is we need you to help Christopher, your wonderful youth minister, help him staff mission sites around, our, around Carrollton and Carroll County. We need help with volunteers. We need all these kinds of ways so that you can participate in the life-giving mission uh, of this weekend for these students whom you have never met and you may never meet again, but for one weekend, you can help be the presence of Christ for them. 
Uh, we have another thing coming up that uh, is more broader for our state. It's called T uh, Together for Hope. One of the things CBF Global and CBF of Georgia are partnering with is addressing rural poverty in our country. In the last uh, 20 years or so, there are about 300 counties in America where the me uh, that are rural counties where the median income of the county for a family of four is less than the federal poverty rate. 300 of our counties. Would you like to guess how many of those 300 counties are located in Georgia? It's about 41 of them. Do you know how many counties are in the state of Georgia? 159. So fully one quarter of the counties in our, in our state are rural, meaning they don't have uh, a city over, uh, with residents over 15,000 people. And the average income for a family of four in that county is less than $24,000 a year. So CBF of Georgia and CBF Global are partnering together in this venture called Together for Hope in order to help to be those people who, as we'll hear later on today, who help carry the blanket for sisters and brothers in our state who need that kind of help. Coming up in the first weekend of May, May 1st and 2nd, we're having our first regional gathering down in Americas. And for congregations like First Carrollton and others who have started asking us how can they be involved, that's one easy way to do that. If you've got questions about that, I know that Henry and Brenda Gale Tyson are coming, um, and I will be here after the service today. If you've got questions on how you individually, as well as the church, can help carry the blanket for brothers and sisters in need in our state, please see me. Because that's what CBF does, is we take these hundred or so churches from around our state and gather them together, knowing that each of us has a part to play in the mission of God in our state and in our world. And that if each of us grabs a, an edge of the blanket, then that work becomes a lot lighter for all of us. So I am grateful for the ways this good church is doing that already and look forward to the ways in the future that we will continue to partner together to do God's work in our world. Thank you. After our missions prayer, Cullen will lead us in the Lord's Prayer. Let us go to God in prayer. God of the poor and God of light, we've heard your message proclaimed of old that in you there's no darkness at all and nothing exists that can hide the light of your presence. Forgive us when we cling to the shadows, failing to listen to your call to wake up and to join the work of your kingdom on this earth. So send us out to do deeds of mercy and, and peace and grace. Send us out to feed the hungry, shelter the homeless, touch the sick with your healing hand, console the sorrowing, visit the prisoners, and welcome the stranger. Give us, in this time of trouble, a sense of hope. Keep us from despair when we see that there is no peace in many of our communities. Lift our eyes toward you that we may see your face shining on us and, and walk in your light. We ask you to comfort with your presence those who are living in the shadow of, of grief, shattered by the loss of hope, the loss of a job, the loss of children, parents, spouse, friends, and colleagues. Give assurance to all who are missing loved ones that the living and the dead are in your care. We pray this prayer in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art, art in heaven, heaven hallowed, hallowed be thy name. Thy, thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen.
The scripture today can be found in Micah 6, 6 through 8, and Mark 2, 1 through 12, and can be found in your Pew Bible on pages 757 and 813. With what shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before God on high? Shall I come before him with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with thousands of rams, with ten thousands of rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He has told you, O mortal, what is good? And what does the Lord require of you but to do justice, and to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God? When he returned to Capernaum after some days, it was reported that he was at home. So many gathered around that there was no longer room for them, not even in the front of the door. And he was speaking the word to them. Then some people came, bringing to him a paralyzed man, carried by four of them. And when they could not bring him to Jesus because of the crowd, they removed the roof from above him. After having dug through it, they let down the mat on which the paralytic lay. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven. Now some of the scribes were sitting there, questioning in their hearts, Why does this fellow speak this way? It is blasphemy. Who can forgive sins but God alone? At once, Jesus perceived in his spirit that they were discussing these questions among themselves. And he said to them, Why do you raise such questions in your hearts? Which is easier, to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven, or to say, stand up and take your mat and walk? But so that you may know that the Son of Man has authority on earth to forgive sins, he said to the paralytic, I say to you, stand up, take your mat, and go to your home. And he stood up and immediately took the mat and went out before all of them, so that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, we have never seen anything like this. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God.
morning. Grateful to be with you this morning and grateful for the invitation to be here. I just love that story from Mark that Ethan read for us a few moments ago. <clears throat> In my Bible, this very familiar story has a heading which reads, The Story of the Paralytic. And for good reason. Throughout the years as I have studied this story, the paralyzed man gets all the attention. I remember seeing pictures in my children's Sunday school classes, and it was the one on the blanket that was pictured with Jesus. It is his story. After all, it is a story about the forgiveness of his sins. It is a story about the healing of his body. It is a story about the miracle that Jesus performs for him, the paralytic. But if I were writing the headings for my Bible, I think I would call it the story of the faithful friends. After all, nothing is mentioned about the faith of the paralytic. By reading Mark's version of the story, you can't be sure if he had faith or not. And when Jesus saw their faith, says Mark, when he saw their faith, the faith of the friends, Jesus acted. What were all those people doing there that day? Some in the crowd had come for cures. They were desperate. Some only came out of curiosity. They wanted to be in the know. Some had come to see if this miracle worker could really do what the others said he could do. Could he really cast out evil? Did he really cure a leper with a single, single touch? No wonder the desperate and the curious were there. Many people crowded the house that day, yet none of them were present quite like those four faithful friends who grabbed a corner of his blanket. Curiosity crowded the classroom, but faith dug through the roof. Those four came determined to make a difference. This story is so rich for reflection, but two ideas jump out at me. And the first is this. People rarely come to Jesus alone. People seldom come to Jesus alone. Oh, I know that to come to Christ is a deeply personal and individual experience. No one can come to Jesus for you. No one can work out your salvation for you. Meeting the holy in life is a highly personal and transforming experience. One has to stand before God on one's own. And sometimes our experiences with God are so personal that we can hardly stand to reveal them. I bet some of you look around this place on a Sunday morning and get a lump in your throat. You see people whose lives you admire and you're filled with gratitude. Your heart swells when you hear the voices around you singing out those congregational hymns. You're taken to new places by the prayers or the Bible readings. You hear a sermon that so deeply connects with your place in life that it tugs at your heart. <coughs> Excuse me. It tugs at your heart and something happens. You have an experience with God that is so personal that you can't even express it in words. The Bible would never let us minimize the personal life of faith. <clears throat> but while faith is personal, while each of us meets Jesus for ourselves, isn't it true that someone usually helps us to enter into Jesus' presence? At the times of your despair, you usually don't come to Jesus alone. A book a song, a verse of scripture, a memory of the one who first introduced you to Christ. This is the work of others. When you most need care and healing, you cannot drag yourself out of bed and pick yourself up. Usually the community of faithful friends bids you to lie down. They grab a corner of your blanket and carry you through the tough times of life. So what a friend of mine calls 
the ministry of presence. It is simply being there to do the very practical, tangible things that sustain us when we need a friend. Remember the paralytic? He couldn't get up to stretch his legs after a long night's rest. He never rose to take a stroll or to get a breath of fresh air. He didn't gather around the well to socialize with his neighbors. He couldn't even get a change of scenery without inconveniencing someone. What could he possibly be grateful for? Except his friends. They were the ones who gathered his groceries and fed him. They were the ones who bathed him and clothed him. They were the ones who offered a roof for him to sleep under. They were the ones who made sure he was provided for. And when they heard the news that a miracle worker was in town, they were the ones who grabbed a corner of his blanket and hauled him across town to receive a blessing. I have friends like that. In the summer of 1996, I had just turned 16 years old and had to have a serious back surgery. For the summer of 96, I had a horizontal life. I had to wear a back brace from my chest to my knees, and I couldn't sit up at all, so I laid flat for six weeks. During that time, I could do nothing for myself. My mother took good care of me. She bathed me and prepared my food and helped me dress and all the other things, but my mother couldn't do it alone. It was during that time in my life that I learned about faithful friends. Many friends in my church and school sent me cards and flowers and made visits and calls, all of which were deeply appreciated. But for a week or two during that time, some close family friends who had moved away came back and stayed with us to help out. Those friends cooked for us and washed my hair and washed our clothes and ran errands for us and stayed with me to give my parents a much-needed break. When I went back to Atlanta to have that back brace removed six weeks later, we stayed at their home. They helped me there to transition from a bed to a wheelchair and then a walker and then finally held my hands as I walked again for the first time. Those are faithful friends who laugh with us and cry with us. They see our deepest needs and provide for us very tangibly what we most need to make it through the difficult times. Like those four friends of the paralytic, my friends helped me to stand and walk again. Hopefully all of you have stories you can tell about friends who did something like that for you, who carried you when you could not stand on your own, Friends who cared for you when you were flat on your back, either physically or emotionally. Friends who helped to rebuild your home or help you find work. Friends who laughed with you and friends who let you cry on their shoulders. Friends who grabbed a corner of your blanket and started walking by your side. I wonder how many people you know who are waiting to be helped into the presence of Christ. How many people do you know who need faithful friends? Rarely do people come to Jesus alone. The second idea that comes leaping out at this text, from this text, is that each of us needs to grab a corner of the blanket. Several years ago, our church in Macon hosted a guest speaker, Dr. Henry Mugabe, who was the president of the Baptist Seminary in Zimbabwe. Dr. Mugabe is a prominent Baptist leader in Africa, and he comes to the United States each year to teach in seminaries and speak in churches about the work going on with Christians in that part of the world. Dr. Mugabe described the need for Christian missionaries in Zimbabwe. He spoke of the need of a theology on the ground. That phrase has stuck with me. He meant a theology of action, practical action that heals hurts and grows crops and hammers nails. He said that the people of Zimbabwe need the word spoken to them. They need to know the love of Christ. They need to see the hope of the kingdom of God. But they also need help with practical problems. 
They need to be taught English. They need someone to provide them with basic health care. They need someone to teach them agricultural skills so that they might grow their own sustenance. Only when the missionaries meet these basic needs of the people, he said, can they get a hearing. Dr. Mugabe said that the missionaries had to need to have a theology on the ground. Sounds like me that they sounds like to me that they want missionaries who are willing to grab a corner of the blanket. Henry Mugabe knows now what Jesus and those four faithful friends knew then. A theology of the kingdom of God is not worth much if it is not a theology on the ground. When Jesus saw the faith of those four friends, he saw four sweaty brows. He saw eight hands with dirt caked under the fingernails. He saw their chest heaving as they panted with exhaustion and were breathless with anticipation. He saw four pair of eyes that quivered with fear and danced with hope. He saw the urgency with which these men cared for their friend. He saw the way they shared in his pain. He saw their faith that Jesus could and would do something for their hurting brother. Today, just as in those early days with Jesus, people do not only want to hear about the love and compassion and kindness of the gospel. They want to see it. Faithful Christians are those who grab a corner of the blanket. Jesus' example gives us a model. Jesus' commandment to love one another gives us the reason. So be a faithful friend who is willing to bear the heavy load. Get your hands dirty digging through the muck of other lives. You just may deliver those you care about to the healing, comforting presence of Jesus. Can you think of anything more satisfying than to stand before the Almighty and hear the words, Well done, good and faithful servant. Isn't that what we all want most in life? A sense of purpose? an identification with the work of Christ in the world. I know that this church offers you many opportunities to grab a corner of the blanket. <clears throat> I've heard about your church's upcoming mission trip to Slovakia with the work with CBF field personnel, John and Tanya Parks. <coughs> Excuse me. <clears throat> 24 people from this church will fly across the ocean to go and work with the Roma people to share the love of Christ, not just in word, but in deed, working in their schools, doing construction in their community. That is a theology on the ground. That's what holistic missions looks like, ministry that impacts the physical and the emotional and the intellectual and the communal needs of people, as well as the spiritual. Others of you will grab your own corner of that blanket with your financial gifts to support the trip and by your prayers. I know you also partner in missions in another part of the world, in Liberia, where you support the ministry of Jesse Togbadoya. I smiled to hear that because Jesse was an old seminary friend of ours, and I love to keep up with what he's doing in his home country. You all have supported his ministry of transformation among the poorest in rural Liberia. Jesse can't carry those people to healing on his own. He needs others, like you, to help him grab the blanket. But you don't have to travel across the ocean to get involved, and you can do more than simply write a check. Right here in Carrollton, you can serve as a mentor to a struggling kid in the Carroll County Mentors Program. You can feed the hungry at the community soup kitchen or by participating in the Rise Against Hunger events here at the church. I've been so amazed at those kind of events, how just a few faithful friends can provide so many meals in such a short amount of time. And as Jody mentioned, your congregation will soon host the CBF of Georgia's March Mission Madness event. Your church will provide the space and the community partnerships and connections for teenagers from all over the state to come and do ministry in this community. And the youth aren't the only ones involved. 
An event like that takes tons of volunteers, everyone from those who help to host to those who provide meals, who oversee mission sites, and even more. There's a way for everyone to grab their own corner of the blanket. All of these, and many, many more, are examples of the way your church operates out of a theology on the ground. And more good ministry ideas are formed all the time. This church needs people to dream them up and to carry them out. And that is exactly where we need you. We need you to grab a corner of the blanket. One person can't get there on his or her own. It takes a community bearing the load together. No matter your gift, you can use it for Jesus. The people Jesus needs most are the people who are willing to grab a corner. In God's kingdom, the teachers and the construction workers and the painters and the well diggers are just as important as the preachers of the word, so long as they are willing to grab a corner of the blanket wherever they are. Some of you may have graced these pews for years and have not yet grabbed hold. Some of you may be in church for the first time in a long time. You may have never committed your life to Christ and his service. You may be looking for a place to grab hold, a place to use the gifts that God has given you. Perhaps today you wish to come and unite with this church and commit to yourself to helping to lift this heavy load. The church needs you. You need us. And the suffering of our community and our world needs us all working together. Let us pray. Oh God, the struggles of this world are so vast, the needs so deep, that we sometimes don't know where to begin. Help us to know and to claim the gifts that you have given us. And give us the courage to find a place to grab on and help carry the heavy load. Grant us the faith of those four friends who trusted that if they did their part to get their friend to you, you would provide the healing he needed. Give us generous hearts and creative minds and physical strength enough to put our love into action. In Christ's name, amen. As we sing our hymn of dedication, let's think about how prayerfully how we might grab a corner of the blanket, commit our lives to Christ. Let's stand.
Please join me in prayer. God of redemption, God of salvation, we praise your name. We thank you, Father, for sending a light into the world who was sacrificed that we might have salvation. It's through his ministry that the world was changed. As we bring our tithes and offerings, we ask that they be blessed to continue his ministry through this church. It's in his name I pray. Amen. So a few quick announcements for us. These beautiful flowers. Thank you, Peggy Irwin, for these beautiful flowers in memory of Richard. Uh, we miss him. I know he's, you do too. He's a great guy. Thank you for this beautiful arrangement here. Uh, the prayer closet grand opening is today. And you say, where is it? Do you know where it is? Okay. If you, if you exit through the apartment room, many of you do, you're going to go right past it. Top of the ramp, take a right. First room on the right. You're going to like it. We want you to use it. Small groups, you can use it during the week when the church is open, Sundays and Wednesdays. It's a beautiful room with some very creative ways to go at prayer. So I want you to check that out, uh, uh, the beautiful prayer closet. Reminder, this Wednesday night at worship, Susan Ernestie is going to share about her trip to Israel and tie that to mission. So you won't want to miss that. Uh, also, regarding Missions Month, things are going well with our emphasis on missions. 
the committee, the mission team would like to encourage you to do an act of kindness this month in the name of Christ, and also to keep in mind especially our members in assisted living homes and retirement homes. We have many who really would love to be here, and they can't. But your ministry to them, you're taking the presence of Christ to them, and they appreciate it so much. So try to do that this month if you can. All right, about tonight, the cake auction is at what time? Five, five o'clock tonight, not six, five o'clock. So several things. We have some limited edition auction paddles like this one that Dawn has made for us. They're very clever. This one says Whisk Taker, W-H-I-S-K, Whisk Taker. We're going to auction several of those off tonight, right? And I'm sure I'm going to buy one. I don't need one, but I'm going to buy it for sure. And then, of course, uh, if you can make a cake today or buy a cake and bring it and just come and enjoy the fun and also bring your wallet or your checkbook. My daughter is going to make a cake, and I'm going to spend a lot more money on it than it's worth tonight. All for missions, all for the Slovakia mission trip. So you could grab a corner of the blanket by coming tonight, right? Bringing a cake or bringing your checkbook and help us to raise some money for this great mission endeavor. It's a lot of fun. Just come and enjoy the fun. We have an auctioneer, and it gets kind of wild and crazy, and it's all fun. So uh, thank you to all who have made this possible uh, tonight. Thanks to Julie for a great sermon. I, I enjoyed that look at that story. I heard that story preached a lot of times, but I've heard, enjoyed that look at it. Thank you so much for that. All of us can think about how we can be involved in missions. Would you please stand now for our spoken benediction and then join us in sing, singing the closing hymn. As you, as you leave worship today, think about how you might be involved in missions uh, spreading the love of God and, and taking up your corner of that blanket and touching our community for Christ. We're a people called First Baptist Church. Caring people, sharing God's love.